Wellspring podcast is presented by Wellspring of Life Church, a community of faith, hope, and purpose. A couple of quick, short stories. Baseball in heaven. Two buddies, Chris and John, were two of the biggest baseball fans in America. <clears throat> For their entire adult lives, Chris and John discussed baseball history in the winter, and they poured over every box score during the season. They went to 60 games a year. They even agreed that whoever died first would try to come back and tell the other if there was baseball in heaven. One summer night, Chris passed away in his sleep after watching the Yankee victory. Early in the evening, he died a happy man. A few nights later, his buddy John awoke to the sound of Chris's voice from beyond. Is that you, Chris? And Chris replied, of course it's me. This is unbelievable, John exclaimed. So tell me, is there baseball in heaven? Well, I have some good news and some bad news. Which do you want first? Well, give me the good news first. He said, well, the good news is, yes, there is baseball in heaven, John. That's wonderful. So what could possibly be the bad news? He said, you're pitching tomorrow night. Ah. All right, one more quick one, I promise. This is called They Died in the Service. One Sunday morning, the pastor noticed little Johnny was staring up at a large plaque that hung in the foyer of the church. The seven-year-old had been staring at the plaque for some time, so the pastor walked up, stood beside the boy, and said quietly, Good morning, son. Good morning, pastor, replied the young man focused on the plaque. Sir, what is this? Johnny asked. Well, son, these are the people who have died in the service, replied the pastor. Soberly, they stood together, staring at a large plaque. Little Johnny's voice barely broke the silence when he asked quietly, Which one, sir? The 8.30 or the 10.30 service? I thought, I know this is like the third Sunday in to the, to the new year, but I felt... Eh, you know, why don't we talk about what could be good for the next year for all of us going into 2023, even though we're already started into it. So this morning, I want to talk about enjoying everyday life and living in agreement with God. Everybody has probably heard the quote from Albert Einstein saying, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. So when I'm talking about living in agreement with God, it means that we believe what God's Word says. Whether we see it, whether we feel it, whether it seems to make any sense to us or not, we're just going to have to believe God. We need to stop questioning everything, saying to ourselves, well, I don't understand that. Well, that doesn't make any sense. There are things that God says that we don't understand, but we do have to understand, we don't have to understand it. To obey it. That four-letter word, obey. I don't understand electricity, but I know how to use it. I don't know how to explain gravity, but I know we have it, and I'm, I'm thankful for it. It's amazing how in the natural realm um, there are so many things that we just accept. Some are pretty outlandish. Some I won't go into those today, but when it comes to God's words and his promises, we want to feel and see everything. I had to make up my mind um, recently that I must believe the Word of God, and I'm going to believe God's promises. Because in order to walk with God, which is the way we should all want to live, because it is the best life for us, we need to be in agreement with God's Word. 
one of the first things that we need to do is we need to be in agreement with God concerning our past. Because past mistakes and past sins, if you've repented of them, the Bible says that forgiveness, that he forgives those. And he even says that he forgives them for his own sake. If somebody has hurt you, do yourself a favor and forgive them. Maybe they don't deserve your forgiveness, but you deserve to be free. And you deserve to have peace. And you deserve to have joy. And when you don't forgive, you don't get to enjoy the joy and the peace of God. It took me a long time to forgive my dad. But when I finally did, it was life-changing. The Bible says that God remembers our sin no more. But a lot of times we hang on to those things that people have done to us in the past. And we hang on to the things that we've done. I'm sure none of you are guilty of that. God wants us to understand that what's in the past is in the past, and we can't go back and do anything about it. So why worry about it? The only thing we can do is learn from it. <clears throat> and that is a great thing to do, to learn from our mistakes. Learn from our 2022 20, mistakes, if you made any. God makes all things work together for those, for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And I think one of the ways that he works good out of bad things is by helping us learn not to do what we did before. I have one last scripture I want to share before we jump into 2023, and that is from the Apostle Paul. And Paul said, there is one thing I do. Now, Paul wrote almost the entire New Testament. So when he says, there's one thing I do, we probably should listen to what that one thing is. And it's found in Philippians 3.12 through 14. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do forgetting what is behind and straining forward toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul says everything that Jesus died to give me, I want it. And we need to have that attitude. We need to be just like Paul. We shouldn't consider ourselves yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing we need to do is Forget what is behind and strain forward to what is ahead. The word straining here um, implies that we have to do something. We do have to try. We can't just sit back and not do anything. We have an enemy, as I'm sure all of you know. And he is constantly after us, trying to steal our faith, our joy, and make us afraid. And we do have to have a little bit of resistance. And everybody knows, everybody in here knows how we build up that resistance. And it's through God's word. We can live in the rest and peace of God because if we, didn't, if we don't resist, we give authority to the enemy over our lives. So we have to use that authority. It can't just be dormant. We need to stop living in the past because that's not where God is at. He is the great I am, not the great I was. All right, now we're going to jump into the future without a DeLorean. Some of you guys might get that, some of you don't.
Everybody's familiar with this scripture. But, and everybody could probably quote it. Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. So what are your thoughts about your future? I don't know. I don't have any idea. Probably just the same old, same old, same problems, day after day, yakety, yakety, all those things. We all go through those. We all say that stuff to ourselves. We need to have a dream for our future. We need to have a hope and a plan for our future. And even if it's not the, the, the defined plan or the design plan that we maybe come up with through our architectural drawing, <laughs> where we think we know exactly what's going to happen because we never do, you can at least say, I believe that I have a good future, that, God, or that good is things are going to happen to me, and that God has a good plan for me. One good idea or I would suggest is every day when you get up, you should say something to the effect of something good is going to happen to me today. I mean, just saying that for me over the past year and a half changed my attitude greatly. When you had a really bad past, and I'm sure there's a lot of us in here who had really bad pasts, um, you have a hard time believing you're going to have a great future. But I'm telling you today, one that can stand here and testify to that, God wants us to believe that good things are coming in our future. We need to take hold of that. Right now, if you're depressed, if you're sad, if you have no joy, if you have a bad attitude because you just think it's the same old, same old, make the decision that you're going to believe something good is going to happen to me. God has got a good plan for my future. In a minute, we're going to read from Ezekiel 37, which teaches us that we should prophesy our future. And a prophecy just means that we speak forward. Romans 4:17 says that we serve a God who calls into existence the things that do not exist. So wrap your head around that. He already knows what's going to happen. Just because we don't doesn't mean he doesn't. When God plans to do something before it happens, he talks about it as if it has already happened. So that is why in the midst of having something going on that's bad in your life, you can say, good things are going to happen to me. Let me ask you guys a question. If you're going to say anything at all, why not say something good instead of saying something bad? If you've already got something bad, why would you prophesy worse on yourself? Why not say something good? Like I said, I learned just recently that there are people, well, not, I'm sorry, actually this was from a long time ago. I hear it every once in a while come up. These people call it the name it and claim it gospel. Everybody's familiar with that. Uh, and that is absolutely not what I'm talking about. And so just want to make sure I get that out there. Um, what I'm talking about here is I'm talking about saying what God says agreeing with God doesn't say that we're going to be billionaires. Now, we'd all sure like to be billionaires, of course, but you can't go around saying it. I am not a billionaire, but yes, I can say God has a good plan for my future. God has a good plan because he says he's got a good plan. I am the righteousness of God in Christ because he says I am the righteousness of God in Christ, 
And I can say my sins are forgiven because he says that my sins are forgiven. We need to be saying what God says, not repeating all the lies the enemy drops on our head. In Ezekiel 37, Ezekiel was taken into the spirit to the valley of the dead dry bones. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out, of the spirit, out by the spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley, and it was full of bones. Bones usually indicate that something is dead. It's not science. I mean, I think we can all figure that out. So as we continue on with Ezekiel, he said, He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of that valley, bones that were very dry. And he asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I said, Well, sovereign Lord, you alone know. In other words, Ezekiel was like, I don't know. I don't know what I'd do. I don't have the ability to bring him back to life. But God, you can do anything. And then God said to him, now listen, prophesy to these bones and say to them. So God is telling him, telling Ezekiel here, to talk to these dead, dry bones. I'm sure Ezekiel was kind of like, huh? Prophesy just means to speak forth. And so he said, prophesy to these bones and say, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Remember I said earlier, we're only going to prophesy God's word. We're not just going to prophesy to what we want, which is kind of hard not to do. We're going to prophesy the word of God. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. Now, maybe he felt a little foolish talking to the dead dry bones, but he followed God's instructions. Speaking the word of God out loud and prophesying or speaking things that, were not, that are not a reality in our life yet can make us feel probably like Ezekiel felt that day. This is kind of odd. It's kind of strange because we don't normally do that. There's very, well, I shouldn't say, there's probably a lot more than I know of, but most of the people that I'm around don't have that attitude. It's always the bad attitude. It's always the worst things come out first. Um, and that's not what God wants us to do. He says, but you know what? It becomes a big part of life, confessing, which means to say that the same thing as I confess the word of God all the time because I want the promises in the word of God to be a reality in my life. So if you want those promises that God gives, you've got to get into the word of God. And I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them. And skin covered them, but there was still no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, or to, to the breath, prophecy, son of man, and say, it, say to it, sorry, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come, breathe from the four winds, and breathe into the slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded, and breath entered them. And they came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. So here he starts out with a valley of a bunch of dead, dry bones and ends up with a mighty army standing on their feet. This may seem like a silly example. I get it. But let's just say you have a ton of financial problems. Let's say you have 
issues with your relationships or your job or your kids or a pain. Or maybe you have health issues. All those things we're going we're gonna to deal with in our lives. So we rehearse it all the time in our heads and we start to say things like, uh, you know, I'm never going to get any better. You talk, you talk to your friends and that's all you talk about. You talk about negative things. How about taking a different approach? How about prophesying about your finances, your job, your relationships, and your health? When we give in to the obedience of God, he gives back to us. And when we do, we're going to have a plus balance in our account. We're going to have an overflow. Our relationships and our jobs and our health will get better. Now, I know some of you probably think I'm nuts, and that's a fair assessment. But I didn't say anything to you that's not in the Bible. And if Ezekiel can prophesy to a bunch of dead, dry bones, you can prophesy to your finances, to your job, to your relationships, and to your health. Luke 6.38 says, Give, and it will be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Will be poured into your lap, for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And you still have that attitude of, well, I just don't see how anything good can happen. I just feel hopeless. David said in Psalms 27.13, What would have I become had I not believed? What are you believing this morning? If you are struggling in those, all those areas that I mentioned, and you believe that, situa- that you're never going to get out of that situation, all you have to do is believe in God and turn to Him and turn to His Word. I used to say the same things all the time, too. Never going to have any money. Never going uh, to go to work at a good job anymore. Every time we get something, it breaks or we lose it or whatever. Just negative, negative, negative. And I had to change my attitude, and I had to start prophesying myself. When I had this attitude, I didn't realize I was agreeing with the devil all the time because that's where he wants to keep us. And we need to recognize that. This is not just about, well, you're in a bad mood or, you know, things are bad. This is where the devil wants you at. This is where our enemy puts us and wants to keep us there because the last thing he wants to do is for you to have a relationship with God. I started doing just what I'm telling you to do. Things have changed in my life since. And I'm surprised I actually came up with this. (laughs) I brought my mouth... I brought my mouth into agreement with God's word. I'm going to say that one more time. I brought my mouth into agreement with God's word. And this is not just in finances. Like David said, what would have I become, or what would have become of me had I not believed that I would see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living? So what do you say about yourself? Do you say what God says about you? Do you see yourself the way God sees you? Or do you say what people have said about you? Words can be devastating from other people. But just because they say it doesn't mean that's who you are. We're not defined by what other people tell us we are. We're defined by God. God loves you, and you should say that. God loves me, and he loves me unconditionally. Aren't you thankful for that? 
Because I have been known to mess up a time or two. And it doesn't matter. He loves me unconditionally. He loves me with a perfect love. He has created me, and I am not a mistake. And I consider myself a prime example of that. Most of my early years of life, I felt I was a mistake. Some of you, I may have talked about this before. Growing up, my dad was very verbally abusive. Sometimes he tried to be physically abusive. But I was tenacious and fought back physically. But he was always verbally abusive to me and to my other siblings and to my mother. I started to believe the lie that I was not worthy, that I was a mistake because that's what he always told me. My mom became pregnant with me when she was 42. And back then, 1970, was a long time ago, before a lot of you in this room were born. You know, the medical field was not as good as it is today. So the doctor recommended that my mom abort me because um, it was a high-risk pregnancy at the time because of the year and all that stuff, and that there was a possibility that she wouldn't make it through the birth, but she chose to have me anyways. And when I learned that for the first time, I was in my mid to late teenage years, and it changed my life. I knew at that point that I was not a mistake, and my life mattered. Now, I made mistakes from then on, you know, of course. But I knew at that point that my life mattered, that God had a purpose. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, He that knew no sin became sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. And you know so many people struggle to be right with God through their own works. And I don't have to, I mean, I can sit here and talk about a whole sermon about that. Good works don't work. They're not going to get you where you need to go. Some people for years will struggle with that. But so many things of these things that they do, God says, we're already there. And so we kind of live our life like a person who's trying to get in a chair. We're already sitting. If you can imagine that. The Bible says that if you meditate on the word of God day and night, that everything you lay your hand to will prosper and succeed. So if you're doing the part that God asked you to do, that's all our part is, then you should be expecting to prosper and succeed in your future. The Bible says that we have already been made right through the blood of Christ, so we can never be made any more right than we already are, especially not through by good works. But we struggle and we struggle trying to get something we've already got. We've already got it. But for some reason, it's just... You've already been made right with God, and if you would just believe that, you could stop all the struggling. If a man be in Christ, he is a new creature. You are not the old person you used to be. You are a new creature, and you have been made in the righteousness of God in Christ. And you will say, well, now wait a minute. I do so many things wrong. How can I be right with God? Because God has decided to view you as being right with him. Not because you do everything right, but because you love him and you've accepted him and he's already done everything right and you're in him. God accepts Jesus' sacrifice and applies it to all of us. So that doesn't mean that you still won't make and do things wrong. You always want to do things right. 
But the good news is, is he never expects you to produce something that he hasn't given you. I'm not doing everything right, nor will I ever. But I tell you one thing, I'm a lot better than I used to be because I believe that I'm right with God and it makes me want to do the right thing. But if you believe that you're just a messed up, miserable mess that can never get anything right, then that's exactly what you're going to keep producing in your own life. Attitude is everything. You don't have to live in the past. You have a great future in front of you. And nowhere in the Bible does it say there's an age limit to this. It doesn't matter how old you are. You're not a mistake. God created you in your mother's womb with his own hand, intricately and delicately. Delicately, David said, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. David was a very, very bold man. And he was saying, I'm wonderful. Now, you probably don't want to go around saying, I'm wonderful to everybody. But you need, all you need to know is that you are. Because God sees you that way. <clears throat> and you have gifts and talents and abilities and something to give to this world. You're not useless. You're not a mistake. David said, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret places when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. And he says, your eyes saw me, my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to pass. I mean, when you wrap your mind around that, it's incredible. This was another reason why I knew that I wasn't a mistake. Every single day of my life and your life was written in God's book before one of them ever came to pass. So don't tell me that God doesn't have a plan for us because he does. And again, there's no age limit on this. It makes us all different. So why do we continually spend our life trying to be like somebody else? Be yourself. Be your unique and wonderful, amazing self. You say, but I have so many faults. But you also have gifts and talents as well. So why are we so good? I almost said so good looking. <laughs> why are we so good at looking at what's wrong with us and we think it's wrong to think about what's right with us? I have faults, many. I have weaknesses, many. But I have strengths. There are things I can't do, but there are things I can do. And I've decided to celebrate how far I've come instead of being depressed over how far I still have to go. And I believe God wants you to do the same thing. God speaks through his word. He speaks in that still, small voice. Elijah heard it. If you were here three weeks ago, we talked about it. I think a lot of times we just know down deep inside, we just know that we're supposed to do. We know what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to listen. We don't even know how we know, but we know. Because God speaks to us all the time. We just have to listen. The Bible says that we are anointed. So you don't have to try to get anointed, and I don't have to try to get anointed. I didn't have to go down the hall and pray before the message to get some kind of special anointing. We're already anointed. The Bible says that we are. The anointing on us is the presence of the power of God in our lives. The stronger the anointing is on you when you do something, the easier it is to do. 
In 1 John 2.20, it says, because you have an anointing. So I'm not special by any stretch, but we all, we all have an anointing. You don't need to try to get one because God's the one that gives it to you. There are so many wonderful things that the Bible says, and I want to read this one last scripture as I close. Genesis 1, 26 through 28 says, Then God said, Let us make man in our own likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea, the birds, the, the, birds, the livestock, the wild animals, and all, of our, all the creatures that move along the ground. All of God's creation, you are the cream of the crop. So God created mankind in his own image, the image of God. He created them, male and female. That when you leave here, that this has had an impact on you. And again, it's like I said, it's not for me because I don't do this to get some kind of accolade or anything like that. In fact, far from it. Just the opposite. You can hear from God, and as you continue to believe God's word and trust what his word says, prophesy the word of God over your life and over your children and grandchildren. Every day you should prophesy over them. You don't have to do it directly to them, but when you pray, uh, whether you're away or whether you're with them, pray that they will grow up to be good and great men and women of God. Pray that they're going to, to love God and serve him all the days of their life. Just real quick, Anthony, or Monkey, as most of you probably didn't recognize him, grandson, told April and I last week that he wants to be baptized and follow Jesus. And that just was, that was amazing to hear. So say good things about your children, your grandchildren, your friends, your family, everybody. Say good things about your future. And thank God your past has been taken care of. And you don't have to worry about that anymore. I'm asking you, will you live in agreement with God? If you want to walk with God and if you want to have what God wants you to have, you need to come into agreement with him. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message by Wellspring of Life Church in Western Colorado. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please visit wellspringoflifechurch.com. So I will lift up, lift up my heart.